All right, hi, John Overton. This is a round two of the Verbal Equinox. Um, today I have Colin Lackey here, and uh, he was just asking me, well, he was just telling me, he said, man, you can't be crying like that on your podcast. So it got me thinking, and, you know, I guess, guess for me, uh, you know, I became self-conscious of the idea that I'll be displaying myself uh, to people that I can't even see and they have the capability of judging me and without me having the ability to respond. And it was, it was overwhelming for me because, uh, well, I guess, cause I realized that I've been so judgmental. And so it's what I expect, you know, when, when I'm having conversations with other people is I expect them to reciprocate, you know, the way I was acting Colin. Yeah. And so, uh, it hurt, you know, you know, and, uh, Another thing I want to point out about the show is right now, like, you know, I kind of have an idea of what I want to talk about. But for instance, the other day, uh, Maxwell Priest suggested I make a video uh, where I share my one golden nugget. And what I realize is it's, it's terribly difficult to, to try to give someone what you think is your one piece of gold because it seems to exist, you know, right? Right, Colin, like if you can imagine like there's a moment between my fingers coming together and that sound, right? And then that moment is where genius exists. Yeah. And the moment you try to stop and reach back for that moment or try to regurgitate something, then your ego takes control. It's like, it's like the moment I try to consider what is valuable in myself, um, you know, I stop being, I stop living in the moment and I start reaching out for something else. Uh, that said, though, I want to have a conversation today with Colin Lackey. He's a he's a CEO of the East Bottom uh, East Texas Bottom Feeders. They uh, he's a catfish guy. He can show you everywhere around Lake Tyler, catch the best fish, does tours. Um, he's a good friend. He puts on local tournaments here, and I'd love to see him grow. Uh, Colin does some landscaping. He's also a, a dirt track driver, so he's always and a family man, and he's always keeping his mind, uh, you know towards his goals and and uh so this episode is about colin and uh and him moving towards his goals so uh, colin tell me a little bit about east texas bottom feeders brother and i started it because i grew up fishing on the river with my dad like that's where i spent all my summers was on the river and i started a facebook page just for memes and pictures stuff like that and then people started coming to me well you're gonna do shirts I haven't thought about it well, man, if you do shirts, we'll buy them. I'm like, okay. So I did it, and it started growing. And then this morning I woke up, I had 22 new members, which put me at almost 400 members on my group. And everybody's begging me, man, what are you coming out with next? Well, I plan on coming out with this year. I'm coming out with backpacks, the folding lawn chairs. This winter I'm doing hoodies. A little bit of anything to try to come up. So the community supporting you by they're buying these products from you oh, and yeah. things like that. And how are you giving support back to the community? Putting on tournaments to where I don't make no money off of it. It's a hundred percent payout to first and second place. Uh, I'm having a tournament, which is really late in the year for catfish. It's in October that I'm donating 30% of the entry fee money to breast cancer awareness. That's great. Actually, I, I haven't been personally affected by by breast cancer, but I have, I have, I have my really side, close family members. I have on my side and my fiance's side. I bet it's tough. 
Oh yeah, it sucks. So how's that experience been uh, through cancer? Crazy, drives you nuts. I'm sure. I'm sure. It's just, uh, you know, we have so many people around us that we want to reach out to and help. And sometimes it seems like things are they're beyond our control. You know, and the best thing oh, we yeah. can do sometimes is is to provide support to one another. You and know? pray about it. And pray about it. Give yeah. it all to God. God will take care of it. The That's like my sister. Best. She pulled through it. She got. Two weeks ago, she had her last chemo and got to ring the bell. She got to ring the bell. Congratulations. She starts radiation this week, and they're talking about six months of it. That's great. That's that's, that's the reason I did that. It's phenomenal. It's great that you, that, that you support your family that way. Oh, yeah. My sister messages me every time she would go to chemo, she'd get done, she'd message me and tell me. Some what you love about life, Colin. What I love about life is my family, your family. friends. Because without them, where are you? You're absolutely right. Without you're friends and family, nowhere. you're nowhere. Exactly. Because you got friends you can fall back on in hard times. You got family you can fall back on in hard times. Without them, you're nowhere. That's absolutely you're true. stranded. Well, tell me some more about yourself, Colin. Tell, tell, tell whoever's viewing something about yourself. Well, what do you want to know? <laughs> well, how, how, how was life in the beginning? How did you grow up? Poor. That's okay. poor. What's, what did that mean to you? I mean, you could say I was poor. I didn't have, grew up with no money, but I still got to hunt. I went fishing. I was never home on the weekends. I was always doing something in the woods. You know, a friend, a friend of mine, Martin Morrison, shared with me the other day. He said that, I hope I don't misquote it, but he said, Bob Marley once said, man, people are so poor. All they've got is money. And you think mm -hmm. about it, man. I have these conversations with people all the time and when i ask people hey what do you want to be doing i think the last one i got was you know i want to flip houses so i can make all this money and the truth is i don't think any of us really want money right money is just representative of some type of freedom to us like you yeah, know money don't buy you happiness right absolutely not you could be the richest man in the world but poor in love well yeah it's absolutely true when you, and you know so for me personally i've been thankful because i think that you know in, in my youth if i would have had a lot of financial freedom uh i think i still would have had the same destructive habits and more ability to appease those habits yeah, I feel the same and way. so in a lot of ways i feel like um having having to find ways to find happiness and in, in in having little uh little money has been a blessing for me because i can you know i this conversation is a joy to me Colin. Right. You know, despite the fact that we're doing something for for a podcast or whatever, you know, just to have a reason to get up and come see you in the morning and oh, kick yeah. it for a second and glorify you and talk about what you're doing is, uh, I, I appreciate having that opportunity. I, I really do. I appreciate you, Colin. Oh, I do, yeah. man. You've always been a good guy to talk to and, uh, always pretty straightforward. You're never doing too much wrong, you know, a little bit of attitude, but it's all right, brother. Uh, <laughs> but no, for, for me, you know, I, I really, you know, I feel like, you know, happiness should be built up in, internally first because yeah. the truth is is you know if you're a miserable person and you're disney you're not enjoying disney and not only are you not enjoying it you're probably assisting other people and enjoying their experience a little bit less as well exactly and so for me a, a big part of growing has been you know just learning how to be happy with who i am and i guess that goes back to you know why was i you know why did i break down yesterday and it was you know that was for me it was you know, it was an act of letting go. You know, all of a sudden I realized that, 
you know, that I was created, you know, I, we're created perfectly oh, you know, yeah. for whatever it is that we're built for. There's no one else to be built to do what Colin Lackey can do other than Colin. You're, you're the only one who can be you. If you imagine that, you know, the human body is made of like a con conglomeration of energy. I mean, we know that everything in the world is vibration and that would mean that you are comprised of countless numbers of vibrations. And when you put them all together in a very unique way, we get Colin yeah. and, uh, and man, that should be glorified. It's it's a great. It's a great to be calling. You know what I mean? Oh, I, I would imagine it is. Trust me. Uh, I do, man. I do trust you. I went from being poor as a kid to like living in a rundown trailer house. I mean, three bedroom townhouse. No, it's great. You know, grew up. My first truck was an '87 S10 extended cab that was it was ragged out. Had like two hundred eighty thousand miles on it. Since then, all I've had is beaters. Now I got, you know, the Tahoe. I got what, what, what would be if you could just have any truck today? What truck would you have? A '97 Dodge Extended Cab, one ton, twelve valve coming, six speed, four wheel drive. See, I don't know anything that means. What does that mean? Why? Well, because a twelve valve, it's the first diesel that Dodge came out with, and they're built to pull. I watched a buddy of mine take a two wheel drive, twelve valve. And pulled a, a semi with a 53 foot reefer trailer on it with all the brakes locked up uphill and never struggled. So it just impressed you. Yeah, I, I, was, man, I got I a 2014 that. Dodge out there, brother. And I'll tell you what, it sleeps well. You know, <laughs> it, it took me a second, but you know, the, the guys at Dodge were like, you know what, one day Jonathan's going to have a 2014 Dodge. So let's make sure you can tuck the seatbelts into the seat so you can lay down comfortably. And you, I can't. I'm hey, short. You, I'm you, short. You anyway. need something like my Tahoe. You know, you know, Third row seat comes out, middle seats lay down. Oh no, man! I love my Dodge. It's good <laughs> to me, brother. You know, uh, it, it's it's good to me. It, it, you know, and I'm short too, so I sleep I sleep pretty comfortably. <laughs> you know, I have a tent. You know, but on rainy days and everything, yeah. you know, I I use I use the Dodge. <laughs> you know, but but uh, no, it's 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 superb, man. It shoots me really well, man. So see I can see I can see why a Dodge being your dream car, your dream vehicle is. Uh, and then like car wise, dream car is a seventy Chevelle Super Sport. Man, have, you seen, have you seen the Lordstown though, brother? So they have an electric car. I think they build it in the UK. I'm not sure, but it's called a Lordstown. It's an electric truck, and they got they got one chained up to a. It's probably a Ford. <laughs> but but any, any, anyway, man, you know so so they're both gassing it, right? This electric truck, bro, pulls 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 that truck the other way, bro. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah it's it's great, brother. You know. Uh, you know, I didn't want to get on here and talk about trucks too much, man. I really, you know, more want to talk about you, but you started talking about vehicles, and I know you have an interest, man. Tell me a little bit about your dirt racing, man. What's that thing you're driving in, in your races? Oh, limited modified. What that, What's that mean? It's, all right, there's a class called modifieds. Well, limited modified, it's the same thing, but we're limited to what we can run. They can run a three-length rear end, which means when – when they let off to go into the turn, as soon as they get back in the gas, the rear end sucks underneath. So whenever, like when you come out of turn two, the rear end shoots back and it launches you. We can't, we've got to run a stock GM rear end. They can run a bigger motor than us. Our motors are 350s. Well, who's up, they? The Modifieds. Okay. They can run a bigger motor than Limiteds. We run 350 board over. We can only bore it 40 over which turns it to a 355. I mean, bodies are similar. The suspension is nowhere near the same. 
nowhere near the same. They've got way more advantage. And now the class or the sanctioning body that we're having to run in is called USRA. And they're allowing what they call B mods to race with us. They're running our motor in a modified. They've got more of an advantage because the suspension, the car sets itself up. When we go in the turn, we have to lift off the gas, jab the brake and get back in the gas. All they got to do is barely lift their foot off the gas and they're back in it and the car sets up. Oh, it sounds like you're more of a racer. Yeah, I mean, they're, I don't they're mean, they're I don't mean bad about anybody. Their but. car sets themselves up. We have to set our cars up in the turn. You don't enjoy stopping that gas one more time around, oh, around the corner? Oh, I love just so staying in the, the gas. Advantage. You have the advantage. No, they've got an advantage because you could be uh, touching them, going down the straightaway and into the turn, but when you come out of the turn, they're a car ahead of you already. So, so... I mean, you have to you have to be a You've more in tune driver. You're dri you're driving your vehicle. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't mean anything bad against anybody who's doing any other kind of league or anything like that. But you, but when when Colin is sitting in his oh, car yeah. and he's making his turns, he's letting off the gas. He's letting off the gas. He's tapping the brake and he's slamming the gas. Oh again. yeah. You're you're controlling the trajectory of that. And dude, I can't tell you. I cannot explain to you how it is either because I mean it's it's a total different feeling being in. Right is it a rush? I bet, oh, yeah. I bet it's a rush. I think it sounds like and, a damn tractor when you got to go and you know. <laughs> and when I'm sitting in, when I'm running, I don't see nothing. Everything beside me is black. All I see is a little spot in front of me. That's all I can visually see. And it's not nothing with the car. It's my eyes. I focus on not the car that's right in front of me, but the car that's in front of them. Because so that's where all the wrecks are going to happen. So that's neat, man. I think you touched on a bigger point, man. And it's just kind of. I hope I don't ruin this, but so right now there's like millions of bits of information available to us, right? You can, mm -hmm. We could be counting the stairs and <laughs> timing how fast the fan is rotating, right? We could be watching the TV. But the thing is, is we only pick up about 50 bits of that information that makes sense because if you were paying attention to the TV and to us being recorded and to the fan, then you'd have a hard time actually keeping up with the conversation, right? And so really what we find is the human brain process is like seven bits of information, okay? And the reason this is important is because if you have millions of stuff available and you can only pick up seven, then really where we focus is quite important. And you really brought it up yourself when you said that you see that tiny black dot. Think about like if you go to the horse races, could mm -hmm. you imagine what happens if you take the blinders off the horses? They go everywhere, bro. Oh, yeah. So you put the blinder on the horse so the horse can only focus on what's in front of them, right? And so that's that's the trick to it is – I think that if we want to accomplish our goals, then we have to put on our gliders, you know, and we have to focus on just that, that one little bit of information that we want to focus on. And you think about it, when you focus on something, and we know it's true, we can look at this orange thing here, and if you just focus on it for a moment, you'll notice that as you focus on it, everything around it gets blurry, mm -hmm. and this becomes more bright, right? And so what we're doing is we're appreciating it. And when you appreciate something, you add value to it. And so if we only... If we can only focus on seven bits of information at a time, then it's it's in our best interest, Colin, to be able to pick out the things that we want to focus on in order, so that we're so that we're adding value to the things that are really important to us. Yeah, you know and I mean? see, that's one thing I learned, you know, racing is don't focus on right then. Look to the future. Focus on the future. Well, granted, what you do right now affects your future don't dwell in the past always focus on the future focus on the bigger picture what's in front of you where are you going 
That's why I put racing. Well, if it's in front of you, just because it's in front of you doesn't necessarily make it our future, though, right? It can, back to it, it can be that present moment. Like you want to you want to be in the car, right? Don't mm -hmm. you want to feel the vibration oh, as it's yeah. going now? You want to hit that brake at the exact moment yeah. that the brake needs to be hit and then relay on that gas again as you turn the wheel to get around that corner instantly, right? You need yeah. an instantaneous response. And so you're right when, you know, I believe you're right when you say that, you know, we, we can't, we can't focus on the past. You're absolutely right. You know, I guess in, in the racetrack, you can't, you can't take a moment to worry about some guy just bumped you or whatever the case is. You got to yeah. let that all go and be where you are right now. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and, uh, and that's magical that, that you get to experience those moments when, when you're behind the wheel. Or uh, when, once the car is put back together after that boy wrecked me, you're going to have to come out and watch. So back to it, man, because, you know, I, I'm really, I've always been excited for what you're doing with, with your with your uh, professional fishing uh, institution, if that's the right way to say that. So what is it that excites you about fishing? Just being on the river, that's like my – that's my relaxed time. That's my – Forget everything. I mean, I was racing the same way. Once I'm in the car, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters? At all, except right then. And I guess, you know, fishing the same way because I'm on the river. I'm sitting on the bank. I'm fishing. I don't think about nothing else. I just sit there, watch the water, listen to the birds, you know, just enjoy my time outside. So for me, for me, the act of fishing just seems, and I'm not a good fisherman, y'all, <laughs> but but for me, the, the act of fishing just seems magical because, you know, in one, you're setting an intention, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about it, so you set your intention, okay, and then you go out there, you put your you put your, your pole together, you add your, 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 your weight, your hook, you add your bait, right? So now you put work towards that intention, right? And then you cast it out in there and you leave it alone. Yeah. You know what I mean? You set your intention. You know what I mean? You, you give work towards that intention. Right. And then you just sit back and, and, and you expect fruits of that labor. Oh, and yeah. I think there's something, you know, really magical about, you know, uh, the act of letting go that exists after preparing the work and going fishing. Yeah. You know. Um, so I got a question for you. OK. How'd you come up with the name for this? OK. So actually, so I started talking to a good friend of mine, Eric Neal, who would introduced me to Will Holdren. And so we began the idea of a podcast and then, you know, it was, it was April 20th. It was East, it was Easter when, uh, when, when the idea hit me, you know, and it was the vernal equinox, right. Which is the first day of spring. Right. And for me, you know, an equinox, I guess it's not even just for me. It's just a fact, right. But the equinox is when you have equal parts, night and day or equal parts, light and dark and the vernal equinox or the spring being significant to me because, you know, just just the moment just after the equinox is when uh, the light overcomes the dark just a little bit. We just a little bit more daylight than we have nighttime, and it's a and it's a magical moment for me. And so, being that it's a podcast, uh, and I'll be talking a bit, you know, uh, I thought that the verbal equinox was charming. And actually, Eric Neal helped helped me. Uh, I think, you know, when I first approached him, I might have said. I might have got the verbal equinox. Actually, he might have he might have just root cheered me on afterwards. I was going to give him credit for the name, but I think that God, I hope I'm not wrong. But somewhere, it did come from. You know, I certainly was thinking about the verbal equinox, and then uh, I ran it by him, and uh, and you know, of course, he's always bouncing 
great ideas off of me sometimes. Actually, this is how he taught me focus was he was throwing so many ideas at me so rapidly that I got mad at him. I was like, bro, I can't focus. Leave me alone. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, I was really mad at him. I was, Eric, I'm sorry. But uh, I was really mad at him because he was throwing so many ideas. But, but then the idea radicalized in my mind, finally, after 37 years, you know, that, God, I, just, I need to focus on something, you know. And then I, I really got to thinking about that. You know, I'm going to go off track a little bit. So anyway, but the verbal equinox came from this is a podcast. And the first idea came up in spring. So the verbal, verbal equinox. Um, That's pretty cool, though. Yeah, man, I, I enjoy it. And I, I enjoy what it's about. You know, to be honest, I almost I almost made the name a little bit more egotistical. And I don't know if I want to share right now what that name was going to be. We'll laugh about it after this. <laughs> but then I, what I really realized, man, is that I really love people, man. Colin, I really love you, bro. Like, totally. it's a weird thing. It's not really, man. I just actually love you, man. It's, I just love you, bro. And, like, so for me, I realized that you know, creating authentic convert, you know, connections with people is, is really important to me. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I can't tell you how many girlfriends or how many dinner parties I've been at where everybody's out and they're on their cell phone. And it's, I'm not offended, but it's a sad state of affairs because, because now we become, we've come to a point where maybe it's better to do heroin. I don't, don't do heroin, but I, <laughs> you know, but maybe it's better to be on drugs than it is to be scrolling through memes constantly, just two second memes, flash after flash, just getting these dopamine responses, right? It's like we're getting addicted to these quick fixes and I'm so worried about who likes me and who doesn't like me in my Facebook posts and should I go back and edit what I just said, right? But we're so busy worried about the opinions of people who aren't there, who aren't there to encourage us. So why would we be there? You know, why would we mentally be there in their presence where no judgment. But in anyway, I, I really just mean to say that, you know, for, for me mostly this 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 podcast is is my creative outlet to and and you know and my excuse to come see, see people that I care about, man, and, right. and learn. And I've learned that, you know, the fishermen and the cook and you know, I, I know some CEOs and things like that. And I have friends that are doctors, but even, you know, homeless people, you know, they uh everybody wisdom can fit into any vessel no oh, yeah. you know it, it, it comes from anywhere you know I've, I've had some of the most odd conversations just come out of nowhere where i was granted just you know a pearl of wisdom from people i've randomly met at the lake or i ended up at a bike rally you know and there were banditos and there were uh texas long riders and rising kings and i know a lot of all those yeah and sons of texas and there were all these different people and i was you know i was just over there beating my head and i was trying to figure out you know if people are so different and how is this wide array of people in the same place and the thing is, is people aren't much different oh. you know they're they're all on a different path and maybe this person is a little bit more deluded about what happiness is right and that's that's what we're all reaching for Collins. everybody wants to be happy and i think it was a sad guru who said that you know the the guy going to get a prostitute the guy going to church and uh the guy getting high right now are all after the same thing they're all just trying to feel a little bit better about themselves right and to fill a void right and, and to fill a void and obviously you know some of us are more self-deluded about how to attain that happiness or what kinds of things are okay but but that's okay because we're just on a path right and if if you happen to be ahead of somebody on a path and they can look up at you and see that you're up there and they can run up and catch you and you have you can do the same thing you can you can reach out there and look and see that some people 
are a little bit further in their journey than you are. And it's okay to reach out and try to amass that knowledge and try yeah. to get up there where they're at, you know, and, and more than anything though, I think it's, I think we need to learn that it's absolutely okay. And if it's not okay, then it's, then it's absolutely what we're supposed to be doing in, in forging our own path. You know, I, I love the, I love to go to the local parks, Tyler, Texas, beautiful local parks. Okay. Y'all I, I love Rose Rudman. Uh, but anyway, I, sometimes I'm walking the path and you know what? The path is wonderful because you can, you can walk the path without having to think about it. You know, you're safe, you know exactly which direction you're going. If you want to get back to the car, you know how to cut back yeah. and you know, and so it's convenient. It's so convenient. And see, you know, you was talking about people being judgmental and again, I remember what we sure. were talking about <clears throat> and you remember what I told you outside a while ago before we started this. The way I feel about it. Let yeah. them judge. Yeah, don't worry about it. My first live on my Facebook group was about a buddy of mine's tournament. And uh, I was trying to get a bunch of people from my group to go join the tournament. Everybody get together, you know, have a beer on the river and fish. Well, I didn't know it until after I had posted the live. But this one boy was on there commenting. And Jamie actually sent it. And she asked me about it because I walked outside to smoke a cigarette. And she looked at me and she goes, do you see them comments? I was like, what comments? She goes, you need to go back and look. Well, this boy was sitting there calling me a dope head and all this. I walked back in and I went live again. I was nervous. That was the reason. It was my first time. I was. I ain't even going to lie. I was nervous. I went live again and I, I called him out personally. I said, dude, the way I see it is you don't know me. You're coming on here. I'm trying to make this a business. You're going to come on here and badmouth me. You do not know me at all. I said, the way I see it, you can kick rocks. I'll lose one person that is not loyal to East Texas bottom feeders, but still in the same hand, I'll gain 50 that are. So what is one person? You think I care about how you feel about okay, me? Okay, think about this, man. So look, but we want people to care about how we feel, right? And so think about this, man. So one remember we got that seven bits of focus right so that you even went and engaged him right you were you're giving your power away to something that, that wasn't propelling you right and so maybe you felt you know some kind of relief because you get you gave it back but that's really just the ego talking right there's really there's really no no reason you know if anything just go and tell him to have a blessed day why even lose him because because of the way he's judging just you know and i'm not saying that you did anything wrong or anything but you could have simply yeah. went on there and said Hey, brother, I'm sorry you're having a hard time because obviously he is. Right. If he's giving you a hard time about what you're doing, he's not happy with himself, right? So I don't even think that we have to engage the negativity. I think that, and if you want to, then you could have went and left him a positive nugget, right? Because the thing is, is if you think of the idea of reaping and sowing, right? Then what that really means is, man, you stick a seed in the ground, it grows, and you can pull that fruit, right? Mm -hmm. But you can't give me an apple if you don't have the apple first, right? So you can't say kick rocks if you didn't take the idea of kicking rocks and throw it in your brain and then pick it and evaluate it and then give it away. Right. So when we throw negativity, negativity out there to other people, it's like we're growing it ourselves first. Right. So it's like if somebody says something to engage me in a, in a negative way, then, of course, it's psychological reciprocity. It's where the idea of like revenge comes from. Oh, you hurt yeah. me. I want to hurt you or you did something good for me. I want to do it for you. But anyway. So when somebody engages us that way, we want to return that engagement. And it's, you know, it's, it's instinctual, but, you know, we're so developed now that we don't have to respond 
instinctually anymore. We can, we can, you know, be aware and think about, you know, the ripple effect when we drop that pebble in the water. And I think there's a, I'm just saying, I believe there's a better way to engage, gauge people who are being negative to us. And I'm coming from a place of, of I've been the guy on the live Facebook feed saying negative things to people because I'm not <laughs> happy with myself, you know? Right. Uh, but I want to go back and touch bases if you don't mind about, you know, I was, you know, I was saying, I was speaking on the idea earlier of, uh, you know, of walking the path at Rose Rudman. But I think that, you know, the next step after you become comfortable with the path is we realize that somebody forged that path. Right. Mm -hmm. And that person went into the wilderness. And I think that, you know, I think to really become who we're meant to become a big part of that is for us to, for us to forge our own path. Right. To, you know, I think, I believe it all leads to the same place, but I think that the, the journey is very individual. Our way back into, you know, understanding, why we were created and how we got here and things of that nature is a very personal journey. And so we can follow in the footsteps of someone who's done it before, but then we'll only begin their path and we'll only be finding their purpose, right? Mm -hmm. Which, which is not, you know, it's inspiring to find, you know, a great person's uh, purpose and how they got there and, and, you know, and, and the trials and tribulations that they had to go through in order to find their way. But it, but it should only serve as a beacon, as 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 a go light that it's okay for us to go step off the beaten path, yeah. make your own path. And see, that's uh, I've always been a follower until I started East Texas Bottom Feeders, man. And when I did that, I became a leader. Anything I want to do, I'm gonna do it. That's great. That's that's the great mindset. I'm gonna put my mind to it. If I'm gonna do it, if I say I'm gonna, that I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. But you know, I, I, and I believe that about you, Colin. I, when I look at you, I actually see you as as a leader. And uh, you know, it's you know, I think that we've been taught through the cancel culture and things like that to to try to be weary of what it is that we're saying. But, you know, the thing is, is if I had to say it, you know, in a short way, I'm, I'm absolutely offended at the idea that I should have to repress the way I feel and think about things because someone it might upset somebody. And the thing is, I know that my intention is never to come at somebody in a way to belittle. I want everybody to be doing well. I want everybody to, to, to be doing better than I am. No matter if I was president, I'd want Colin to be doing better than I am. You know, like just, just seriously. Well, I just, you got to think dude, from when we grew up to now, the world has gotten so much more sensitive. The slightest thing offends people now. Well, we're all, we're, all, you know, people but are, times change. People you look at it from the seventies to the nineties. You know, I mean, you look at the big difference there and then now, but it'll be all right. Cause when God comes, when Jesus comes back, everything will be right. Well, you know, so, you know, you look at things, you know, and, and, you know, we come in a lot of things like, oh, racists are terrible, but I don't think that anybody's terrible. It's just, you know, if you think about it, when, you know, back to this orange thing, you know, if, if we had a hundred of these orange things and one came in and it was green, we'd look at the green one, you know, it just, it stands out. Yeah. And so when we see people that look different than ourselves, especially if we were raised and conditioned in an environment where, where we mostly associated with people who look just like ourselves, then when, when the green football goal comes by or whatever, we're just going to stare at it right now. We're staring at it and now we start judging again, right? Like, okay, he looks different than me. What does this mean to me? And he has different beliefs. When, well, then we get to thinking, I, if, if, if I'm not if I'm not secure with who I am, then when I see somebody much different or who appears actually much different than myself, then when I look at them, I'm going to start to project. Right. Because I have two choices now. 
okay, maybe this man's Muslim. He believes in Allah. What does that mean about Jesus? Okay, well, maybe Jesus is wrong. And if I'm not comfortable in what I feel, then, then I have two choices, right? I can internalize and I can try to understand why I feel this way. Or more, more often that we're finding these days is that we externalize. And so right now I feel this discomfort. And instead of internalizing it, learn how to process that differences are okay. And everybody doesn't have to be like me. And I'm okay being just like me if nobody else is. Instead right. of doing that, then I want to reach out and I want to say something terrible about another person. I have no right because that person is also a person who sees someone different. And either A, they're absolutely secure in who they are, and I hope you are, God bless. But Or B, they're also looking and thinking, okay, he has a different religion. Uh, he looks different than me. The way he raises his children is different. And so he internalizes, and if he's not comfortable with who he is or she, then he's also going to externalize, right? And we're going to we're going to constantly project this hate that we really are holding in against ourselves. And it's really not even hate that we're holding for ourselves. It's really love and us coming to the actualization that that love exists and that it's okay to be exactly who you are. Um, and so for me, a big part of this is me coming to understand that it's absolutely okay. And, and I'm the worst, brother. Look, so I spent. You know, if I can for a moment, I spent 10 years in the army. I was phenomenal at it. Uh, I wasn't real good at the discipline part, I suppose. But, you know, I, re I rewrote the rig for the Black Hawk when I was probably 22. The production control guy took credit, of course. I was a young soldier. But word of the times, of course, we adopted it. You know, uh, I've done, you know, I uh, I made, I, I had a great relationship with the Republic of Korean Army uh, two years in Korea. But then I spent a year in Afghanistan and uh, made such a, a great relationship happened that they actually put me in a formation, flew a four-star general down, taught me how to, to, to attend the ceremony in their language and gave me the first order of its kind of the first award of its kind. And so then in my head, it's like, okay, I'm a super soldier. This is what I do. You know, and then I was getting a divorce as I was getting out of the military after 10 years and I used drugs for a while. I was a window cleaner, a CDL driver, I worked on homes, poured concrete, and finally I, I realized that I wasn't getting where I wanted to. I moved to Tyler, Texas. I, I attained mathematics and engineering degrees from Tyler Junior College, and I went on to complete uh, a bachelor's in mechanical engineering at UT Tyler. And let me tell you what, none of that describes me either. But what I will say is that the many people I met along the path, especially the profess professors, while maybe I wasn't latching on to the engineering ideas in a way that was absolutely meaningful to me directly. Um, the, the academia, the, the teachers and the staff of, of all these different places, you, all the people I've met, the people who've, I've hurt, who've hurt me, everybody has managed to form me in, in no small way into who I am today. And today I'm pretty happy, brother. I'm, yeah, I'm calm when I look out at the world. I don't, I don't feel any, you know, ill judgment about anybody. And so, uh, you know, at the end of the day, man, I really think everything's about love and, and I'm not one, I can describe what that feeling is to me, but I would be wrong to tell you what that feeling should be to you or to anyone else. I mean, if it, if you're happy and it makes you feel good, then that's, then that's where you should be in your life. And if judging you for what you're doing doesn't make me feel happy, then I should probably not be doing that. Not that you're doing anything yeah. at all that, uh, is worth judgment. Uh, and so I guess really, brother, I just want you to know, man, that I don't judge you, whatever you're doing. You know, I, uh, I'm going to reintroduce, well, I guess I'll talk about it when I talk to Mike again. I owe him 
a little bit better uh a little bit better podcast episode yeah. i didn't mean i didn't mean for that to uh you know for me that was kind of a resurrection to be honest and so yeah. I'm, I'm glad that that moment occurred but i certainly owe him a podcast about his food my brother you gotta come over and try mike's cooking it's it's so good i'm not even uh i absolutely believe it you know and I, i'm not i guess one thing i, I want to say is you said something about smoking a cigarette and i don't really support cigarettes so i'm not really against cigarettes but i support you and whatever you're doing man i believe in it you know what i mean i believe something created me well, and you i know, believe you got five kids and all the stress i've got that's the only thing that helps well you know i mean i i imagine there's always ways for help but again i'm man. 30 years old and whenever i started working at valvoline and i had my girls every weekend and they would stay for a week at a time dealing with them and her kids and all the stress you see all the gray coming out now i don't like it i don't see the gray brother i see it i see a sparkling no. young man no, brother I, I need to die but no oh that's one thing i wish i wouldn't have picked up whenever i was younger was smoking well, it's, it's cost me way too much money well i'm certainly not pushing you one way or another but every day is a new day you know one I day you have to quit it's hard well i think i think the trick is in the trying you know and i'm not and i'm not trying to make this about trying to get you to quit anything i'm just saying if one day no. you wake up and you don't decide to have one then just don't have one well that's what my dad did dude my dad used to smoke two packs a day and he woke up one morning walked out to the truck grabbed the cigarettes walked into my mom he said there he quit cold turkey one day i was never like, did it again nope it's a blessing bro. i was like i don't see how you can do it i can't well well colin i uh you know, I'm pretty new to this podcast thing, man. So I guess I'm gonna give you a handshake, man, and give you a hug, brother. And uh, I appreciate you, man. Oh yeah, I really do, bro. Uh, you're a good friend to have, man. And uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, this is Colin Lackey, uh, East Texas Bottom Feeders, and uh, you've been watching the Verbal Equinox. Thank you so much. Have a blessed day.